Hey everyone, it's Carissa Wu. Hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I am so thankful for you. So today I have a very special guest. Her name is Megan Gillikin, and she is a podcaster veteran with over 160 episodes. Her podcast is called Weddings for Real for wedding professionals. Go check it out. So today we have a very deep conversation about imposter syndrome. We all struggle with it at every level we are at. She helps us understand it and overcome it. Enjoy. Welcome to Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. I'm your host, Carissa, and I've been a Los Angeles wedding photographer for over a decade. I've traveled the world, built my team, and seen it all. I now coach wedding photographers hit 10K a month and build a thriving business. In this podcast, we are going to deep dive into how top wedding creatives get that heck yes from their dream clients. We are not holding back on the struggles of the business and how to push through the noise. Some healthy hustle, mindset shifts, up-leveling your money story, time hacks because I'm a mom of two, a little bit of woo-woo, and most importantly, self-love and confidence are just a few of the many things we will talk about. I want to give you a genuine thank you for following along my journey. I hope to inspire you every Woo Wednesday so that you say heck yes to listening to this podcast. See you guys soon. Hey guys, it's Carissa. As you know, I'm here with this amazing woman named Megan Gilligan. And she is a wedding planner for over a decade. She's an international speaker and mom of three girls. She's also the host of my favorite podcast for wedding pros. It's called Weddings for Real. And she has over 130 episodes, which is crazy. You have to tell me all about it later. And she owns a company called The Planner's Vault, an easy way for wedding planners to grow their business. Hi, Megan. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I've been looking forward to this all week. Yeah, and I'm so happy for you. So congrats on closing your doors for your membership. Um, How many people signed up? Yeah, so we had 60 new planners sign up, which takes us to, I think it's like 375 across the United States and a lot of um, Canadian friends as well. Oh, that's so good. How does it feel? It feels really good. I um, I launched the membership because I wanted to create a space for that next generation of wedding um, planners specifically coming into the industry and uh, growing their business. And I wanted to create a space that was a much easier and supportive uh, place than what I had when I started 11 years ago. And so I love it. Yeah, I think I'm right the same as you. So are you still doing weddings? Because I just looked on your Instagram and it's um, your weddings are freaking amazing. Oh, thank you. Yes. So I did stop accepting weddings, but I, um, my team is still taking weddings and then I am phasing myself out to, uh, I will finish up with my last wedding next year. Oh, does it feel like bittersweet? It does. It, it does. I mean, I've, when I started this business, um, 11 years ago, I, w- I had been married like three weeks to my husband at uh-huh. that time. And I could hustle and, you know, work 30 plus weekends a year. And now I have three children and I have found like, I just absolutely love helping like specifically females build their business and those conversations. I just found that like, those were really lighting me up. Whereas, um, working with couples as much as like I have loved that season of my life, it feels like that season is is wrapping up. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I'm probably similar age to you and I have two girls. I can't imagine three. But yeah, I mean, I've loved weddings for so long and I was obsessed with them, but now I'm not as much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know that feeling. Yeah, I know that feeling. We should have a whole conversation on like burnout, I'm sure. Oh, yes. And we are later going to talk about quieting your inner critic um, and imposter syndrome. But I wanted to ask you, like, what is your biggest accomplishment in business? Mm, Wow. So I have a unique entrepreneur story in that I did not start this business myself. I um, went on a job interview with a local planner in my market. I guess it was a little over 11 years ago and came out with an offer to purchase her business unexpectedly. She was going through burnout herself. She was ready to move to a new location. And, um, I left my full-time job. I took out a small business loan and I took a scary leap of faith, which will tie into our topic of imposter syndrome because it's something that I absolutely <laughs> still struggle with 11 years later. Me too. Um, oh, really? I can't wait to, I can't wait to yeah. hear your perspective on it. Um, and I rebuilt a brand that was really in a, a rough spot. We had been removed from all uh, venue preferred planner list. We had some burned bridges with other wedding pros in the market. And I'm I'm proud of that. But I, I honestly think the thing I'm most proud of is recognizing that as much as I have loved this season of my business, there's I recognize that it's time to put my time and efforts elsewhere. And that that can be scary, super scary as well. It's oh like kind of taking so, that next I'm so leap. scared too. Yeah. I keep telling yeah. one I'm like over. And then as soon as I get an inquiry, I'm like, hey, you want to chat? You're like, <laughs> I think that's – and that's probably a little bit of like fear and just yeah. you know connection to the original business that you built that you're like, I don't know. Can I can I show up in this new way? Is this oh what I meant God. to do? It's like so questioning. Mm-hmm. I know because mm-hmm. it's like – that's how we made our money for so long. And that's our identity, right? Yeah. Like you're known as a photographer. I'm known as a wedding planner. So what do we do as we are growing in new ways? Okay. So that's your biggest accomplishment, kind of like understanding that this is a new beginnings for you. Yeah. I have this um, little drawing on the mirror in my bathroom that I drew that said, um, it's got a picture of a plant and it says, I give my self-permission to prosper and grow. And I always think about the idea of like when you stay in, imagine a plant, like if you keep it in this small little pot, it's going to stay that small, right? Like it's not going to grow. But if you give it a bigger pot or you move it outside and you plant it in the ground, it can grow from this tiny little uh, 10-inch plant to this four-foot tree. And um, or hopefully bigger. Um, but I, I think about that often because uh, I have I have this little plant that someone gave me when we moved into our house seven years ago. And it was, it sat on the counter. It was in this tiny little pot. I wasn't giving it enough sun. And I moved it, kind of nurtured it. And now it is, it's taller than my nine-year-old daughter. Oh, and wow. So I, yeah. So I think about that as the evolution of a business owner for for you, for me, for someone that's listening to this, it's acknowledging when it's time to find a bigger pot. Mm. It reminds me of like the little shop of horror. It's like, feed me, see more. <laughs> like the plants, like, that's going- scary. I don't know. I don't watch that. 
<laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I think that was like kind of a mic drop moment. My, that'll be my audiogram. But um, I keep asking my therapist, like, how do I, you know, what do I do? What do I do? And she's like, you have to give yourself space for it to work. Mm-hmm. And it's scary because like I am investing a lot into the coaching business, you know, like having coaches and sales pages and yada, yada, yada. So I just always feel like I need this money coming in from the weddings. But then I'm like, if I keep doing these weddings, like I'm not going to have time for my students. I know. I think about that too. It's like you only have so many hours in the day and so much energy and bandwidth. And if you're putting it towards growing um, the the weddings and the photography, like wedding side of things, then you're not able to put it towards growing what you really want to spend time growing, right? Yeah. Yeah. How, so how did you start the membership? Like, was it just a, mm-hmm. a learning process? And how, how did you think of membership um, like opposed to like online course or like one-on-ones or group coaching? Ooh, I love this question. This is great. <laughs> um, I, back in 2016, started, I had planners in my market that were reaching out to me and saying like, hey, do you do coaching? And I was like, oh, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. I will. Um, so I started doing one-on-one coaching back then. And then I did a little like local seminar for planners back in 2018, I think. Um, in 2019, my husband and I went away for a weekend. We do a like a workation every year where we oh, that's uh, so cool. Yeah, we go somewhere. We stayed at like this goat farm where you could go cuddle baby goats, and we worked and we went to wineries, and it was so fun. But <laughs> um, I was planning to launch a course at that point. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go after building a course. And then the next week after coming back from that workation. Um, Someone here in my market, he's a DJ. He invited me to come speak to his membership of DJs. And he talked about how like every month he released new content. And this was really before memberships because this was two-ish years ago before it was like a boom. And something just clicked to me. I was like, oh, a membership. It should be a membership, not a course. Not I have, I have so much that I want to cover that it would be hard to do it in just a course. And I, I know you can release like multiple different versions of courses. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, so the membership oh, yeah. was born. Um, I know because after like 11 years, you have like so much content. Oh my gosh. You know how so to much. blog, you know how to pin, you know how to do this and SEO and network and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I think what I really wanted to be a part of it was the community because I did not have that as a new planner. Um I did not have like people, peers that I could lean on and trust and call and ask questions about that environment really wasn't like the whole concept of community over competition was not what it is now when Mm -hmm. 11 years ago when I came into the industry. Um, So yeah, that I I launched the Planners Vault back in February of 2020, like three weeks before the pandemic. Oh, interesting. A wild ride. Uh So what was the biggest struggle in this uh, membership for Mm -hmm. wedding planners, just so I could learn a little bit? The biggest struggle for them? No, for you, just going through this. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is, it was leading a group of wedding planners through a global pandemic when events were shut down. And I had launched this membership with the plan of like, hey, raise your rates, Uh charge uh what you're worth. Here's all the things about social media. And Uh here's all this, these things that I feel like your client experience. And then 
three weeks in, the world shut down, the event industry shut down, and I had these new wedding planners, a lot of them like zero, one year in, just left their full-time job to go after their dream. And I felt completely, wow, this leads so much into our topic. Um, Uh I felt completely inadequate to lead them through something that I had never experienced and didn't know exactly what the right things to say and do were myself with my own business. Yeah, but you just had to show up, right? Yeah, just had to show up. Oh, so what is like, because my framework is like getting on the vendor list, mastering the sales call and a lead magnet, and then mm-hmm. blogging SEO, like, what is like your secret sauce? What's what's your woo factor? What's your Megan factor? Yes. For me, I think it's relationships and um, being curious about the question. So getting on the preferred vendor list ties into that as well, because I think it's all about like building relationships with the wedding pros that you want to refer business to you, um, as well as building such like trusting relationships with your clients that they become a referral machine for you. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, that's it. It's the relationship. Oh, I type. love it. It's like the old school way, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I guess so. Be friend. <laughs> <laughs> Pick up the phone sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't talk about yourself all the time. I yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's interesting because I've, I think I made a online course during the pandemic and like a ebook and mini course about mastering the sales call. And, you know, it's not easy making a, a course, even if it's mini, it's like you have to go through so many rounds and mindset shifts. Um, mm-hmm. But you had an episode about your sales call and I'm like, damn, she just said it like really good, like much better than me. And like, <laughs> 20 minutes, maybe oh 15 God. minutes. I was like with your sweet voice. And you said about like the giving the coffee. I was like, whoa, that's oh, freaking yeah. genius. That the law of reciprocity. Reciprocity. Oh, yeah. Reciprocity. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> I thought I got it for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's genius. I love oh, it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's, and again, like that goes back to. It took me years of doing things the wrong way and saying things the wrong way. And I still, it's funny that you, this again, so we're talking about like quieting your inner critic. When I do a solo podcast episode, it takes me that 20 minute episode that you're like, oh, that was so easy. She just knocked that out. Uh uh Just put it out there into the world. I probably spent like three to four hours writing, rewriting, adjusting the way that I was like making sure that like everything, everything came out of my brain. It's like a messy brain dump that then I like formulate and like readjust and then I record it. And then I get in my head about like, is this even going to resonate with anyone? Like, is any, does anyone listen to this? Is this, is someone else listening to this and thinking like, that's total crap. Like that's not the way that it should be done. I, I go through, I go through that with just about every uh, podcast or blog post or every month in my membership, I release new content. So I release things that are going to be helpful to the members in there. Yeah. And when I press, you know, publish, there's all the content. I have this mental moment and I know that like people listening to your podcast right now, like that struggle with this as well. This is going to resonate with them, but it's like I, I have that moment where I'm like, well, 
that's absolute crap. What I put out there is just complete crap and everyone's going <laughs> to figure that out and I'm a complete fraud. Oh my God. I mean, you first, feel that first of all, it, oh, all the time. Okay. First of all, like your stuff is amazing. So thank you. Yeah. Just keep pushing and you're just going to get better. Um, secondly, like me and Brandy were talking about like our period cycles. Like, mm-hmm. so she kind of tracks everything. So she knows like when she's going to be like, oh, I'm amazing. And the other week she's going to be like, oh, I'm a complete idiot. Yes. So it's interesting. And even like David Foster on his documentary, he's like, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I feel like the king of the world. And on Fridays, I feel Ooh. like a piece of shit. Like, yeah. he thinks I'm a, I feel like imposter syndrome. And I was like, oh, my God, even David Foster like thinks that it's so interesting. I have one yeah. question before we go into our like hot okay. topic. Um, just for my selfish reasons. <laughs> but what's like the best way you marketed um, yourself for your membership? Um, so like the wedding planners, because it's hard to like transition from like your target market is the mm-hmm. wedding um, couples mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Then, then to the wedding planners. So yeah. what's like your secret sauce? Well, I started um, a separate Instagram account. Um for the planner's vault. I have three Instagram accounts. So I have one for my planning business, the Southern's Way. And then when we started the podcast three years ago, I have one for the podcast. And then we have one for um, the membership. And I think, honestly, I had no idea at the time. And I'm so happy that you have started this podcast. Like truly, the podcast changed the trajectory of my career. And I think <gasps> Yes. I got and I, Sorry. Yeah, I did not know that when I started it. Like I, I did it just for fun. Just yeah, to I got like body chills like from my oh, head to good, like my side. Good. I know. Yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, it changed the conversations that I've had with people, mm-hmm. the connections that I've made, the doors that it's the opened. Vision, the vision, the big vision. The vision. vision. Mm-hmm. Um, I just ran a report. So 60 members I just welcomed in this past week. And I ran a report because I have something when they sign up, like who referred you or where did you hear about us? And it it got me because this is the this launch. This is our, let's see, February, August, February. This is our fourth launch. Um so many of them, it was like podcast, 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 yeah. podcast, podcast, podcast. And I thought, gosh, oh, for all the hours that I've yeah. put into bringing this baby to life and showing up every week, like it's finally paying off. Oh, finally. It's, it's watering the plant, like you said. Mm-hmm. It's That's right. Grow, grow, grow. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to get into our hot topic. I think we could talk later, like offline about how to help my podcast, but <laughs> we're not talking about that today. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like it's like a coaching session. Yeah. Um, okay. So our hot topic is quieting your inner critic and AKA imposter mm-hmm. syndrome. So you could tell us why you chose that topic and then kind of take it away with tip number one. Yeah. So I chose this topic because it's something that um, I feel very, very passionate about. It's something that I struggle with myself. It's something that I'm continuing to try to um, – not necessarily overcome, but just better understand why uh, we as entrepreneurs, why we as females, why we as I'm an Enneagram three. Are you? Me too. You, me too. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Enneagram threes tend to struggle a lot with this. Um, oh, I think. I think it's this interesting thing. I think entrepreneurs. I think females. I think those that identify as achievers on the Enneagram. I think a lot of us in the wedding industry, like when you hit all four of those, it is like a cyclone of imposter syndrome for a lot of reasons. Um, yeah, because we need like affirmation from them. 
Yeah. And we're surrounded by beauty, right? Like Uh our livelihoods are about creating um, this perfect vision of someone's day. So we are used to having to perform at that level. We're used to seeing our peers do that as well. That is the work that our businesses are attached to. Um, And I think that uh, I look back um, on like journey of imposter syndrome for me and that inner critic. And it is, it's like this very negative um, voice that is always assuming the worst that is constantly Mm -hmm. like saying, well, you got lucky there. Like mm-hmm. you got lucky mm-hmm. or um, people see a version of you that isn't really true. Those are the the negative. That's that inner critic in my head that is always going off. Um, I, I realized that like I've been doing it for decades, but it really, when I took over a business back in 2010, it was like the perfect challenge for, mm. um, proving others wrong, like going Mm, out there. And I got mm -hmm. into this hustle mentality. Like I will build this business. I will hustle. I will grow. I will be the best in the market. Uh Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think that when I think about um, imposter syndrome and I think about like what I would want someone that is listening to this podcast, what I would want their major takeaways to be is that if you look at my business and you say, wow, she's built this wedding planning business. She has a podcast. She has a membership. She's a mom. She's got all these things. Like she's made it. (laughs) When I get to that, I don't know how she does it. When I get to that level, I'll have made it as well. And I won't struggle with these feelings. And what I want someone to know is that I don't think there is Mm. uh, a level of achievement or success in business when you have Uh, I'm doing air quotes here, when you have made it because no one, not billionaires, not uh, wedding pros, not your favorite celebrity, like no one has it all figured out, Mm. but it's easy to assume from how it's presented on social media that success has led to like no stress, no anxiety, no overthinking, no overanalyzing, but it's just not true. And and that's why I just love, love, love this topic. Okay. So that was actually tip number one. So mm-hmm. even it's just kind of telling you, like making you understand that there's always, you're always going to have this feeling no matter what level, like there's never like, I made it. Like, like we can it's- celebrate with old fashions, like we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. but we're always going to feel like that. So just kind of like, Ride it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's not necessarily. I think there are tips for coping with it, and there mm-hmm. are things that you can do. And I will. I have some of those that I would love to share in just a bit. But it's just acknowledging that it doesn't go away when you reach a certain point in life. There are just certain practices and certain mindset shifts that you have to cons- you have to keep working on, or else you're gonna kind of fall back into um, your same thought patterns. Or like you said, Carissa, like maybe it's acknowledging like you know that there are are valleys and peaks to the way that you view yourself and acknowledging those, like whether it's on your cycle or whether it's Mm -hmm. certain days of the week or whether it is periods of exhaustion Mm -hmm. or things like that that bring out that inner critic, just kind of knowing a little bit more about you is going to be helpful as well. I think when I get kind of 
down on myself like in at night and I'm feeling kind of crappy. I just it's nice to know that in the morning it's I'm not going to feel like that anymore. It's just yeah. being like tired and overworked, but in the morning I'm just like right back up. That's a, such a good point and that's almost like I haven't really dug into this research, but it's kind of the idea of the inner child and that when you get really tired or stressed out or like f- things feel overwhelming, like there's kind of that inner child in you that like needs to be put to bed. Like it's time to like yeah. tell that tell yeah. that version of you like, hey, this is just a day. This is not forever. And there's a fresh start waiting on the other side. Um, totally. My four-year-old was like crying because I took away her like a wipe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, th- she's done. <laughs> yeah, You can see it, right? Like you can yeah. see it in your kids. I know I can. Like when my daughter loses her like three cent plastic toy that she got from school or yeah. I tell her to go put her shoes up and she's just absolutely yeah. losing it. She wears that outwardly. We wear it inwardly because mm. we've grown into these adults and we have to like be proper and we can't melt down all day long and throw temper tantrums over things. Yeah. I mean, before you go into tip number two, I kind of wanted advice for me because mm-hmm. I like, you know, I've been a coach for a year and a half and I have like gotten like my students on like vendor lists or they got themselves on vendor lists with my help mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. mastering the sales call. And then I get like confused sometimes and then I'll go into like, oh, should I be doing like a marketing agency? Is this, mm. can I really get like these people results? And I kind of get in my head and I'm like, should I just be like doing SEO or like helping people blog? So like, is there like a big vision poster you have on your wall or like you just kind of know or like, how do I stay focused? Shout out to our sponsors. Photo Booth Supply Co. helps entrepreneurs start and scale their businesses by creating meaningful experiences with a photo booth. Living in a digital age, anywhere people gather is an opportunity for an experience, and what better way to capture those memories than with a photo booth? There has never been an easier way for photographers to scale their businesses, increase their marketing efforts, and maintain cash flow during off-season than with a photo booth like the Sasso booth. Increase revenue $600 to $800 per event by adding a photo booth to your services so you can make more and work less. If you don't provide a photo booth, someone else will. So stop leaving money on the table and get yourself a Sasa booth today. That's a really great question. And and to be transparent, that's something that I struggle with still as well. I think what happens is I start looking at, um, and this is going to lead really nicely into tip number two, but sometimes I find myself uh, listening to someone else's podcast mm-hmm. or um, taking in tips from another coach. And that's where I start to be like, wait, Confused, do, I, yeah. do I even know what I'm talking about on this topic? Like, do, should I be showing up and providing help to others? Because maybe I'm not an expert here. Um, but then I have to like take a moment and uh-huh. acknowledge that like, and this would be for you as well, Carissa, it's like your years of experience and the way that you have built your business and the way that you have created relationships and your like history of how you got to where you were, like that is hundred percent completely unique to you. Mm -hmm. And there's so many different ways to get on a vendor list. And there's so many different ways to do SEO. And there's so many different ways to, what was it? Master the sales call. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Like my, um, my podcast 
on that is doesn't that's not like the gold standard of it. And same thing with like relation. I said that for me, my my woo factor is um, is building relationships and like yes. making someone feel seen and heard. And yours is something different, and that's the coolest part. Is like we can all show up and we can all provide insight. And the people that are meant to learn from you, if you put out there something that you're passionate about, they're gonna make their way to you. And it's totally okay that someone else is doing, like they might be talking about it in a different way that sp- speaks to a whole other subset of people. Yeah, I need to be just true to myself and not mm-hmm. have this imposter syndrome. <laughs> so you could take well, it away with tip number two. <laughs> so easy, so easy. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tip number two would be uh, wasting energy on what others think is energy not put in towards growing your business or taking those mm-hmm. leaps. And, mm-hmm. um, that one is something I do, I constantly remind myself of is, again, I'm putting out content on an email list, a podcast, on Instagram, and anyone can find that, right? Like anyone can look at that and anyone can think like, mm, I don't know if that, what she's saying resonates with me, or maybe they have a different viewpoint of how that should be handled. But I look at it as like, we all have, if you think about your phone battery and, um, it has to be charged. So we, we put it to bed at night, we charge it. But if we look at our own like batteries as humans, I can only spend my battery on doing certain things. So if I'm going to spend it worried about like how this other coach is viewing my membership or this podcast mm, that I put mm-hmm. out or um, this particular image that was posted or that I, I had a typo in my caption or whatever, if I'm wasting my daily battery life on those moments, then I'm not putting it towards like showing up in my membership or spending time with my girls, putting them to bed at night, or just like refilling my cup if that's what I need on that particular day. So I'm I'm very conscious as of late. And this is truly like, I would say 2018 for me was that year of like, wait a second, I can continue to grow as a human being and like be more self-aware and understand like I'm not set and stuck in who I am for the rest of my life. Uh Um, But that was one of those things that like how you spend your energy is, is truly important. And I do these coaching calls with members in the planner's fault and I hear them say like, I don't know. I'm just worried about like what other more established planners in my market are going to think about what I'm doing. And this person has a service offering that's kind of like what I want to do. And I just think like, gosh, you could choose to keep yourself small Mm -hmm. and stay in that plant, in that smaller pot, or you can take that step and like, just put it out there. Like just like you said, Carissa, like be true to yourself and show up okay. and let yourself grow versus worrying about what other people think. Like we only get one shot at this. We could, This is it. Like we're doing it. We're in the middle of it. Most of you, if you're yes. listening to this podcast, like you're, you're, you're halfway through your life, I would assume. And like you can continue to worry about what other people think, or you can just be like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it. Oh, and that's I, – I, I just – Megan, I just had an epiphany about my life when oh, you are talking. Oh, tell me. What you got? Well, you I was really it. confused the past couple of days because um, I felt like my coaching business is not growing as fast mm-hmm. as I want it to. I have people I'm coaching right now, but I thought it would kind of 
blow up. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking, I'm making this website and I was thinking to pitch it to photographers or wedding pros, like something I could just say, oh, here's what I offer, like SEO or Pinterest or blogging. And I was racking my brain around it, like a done for you lead magnet with email sequence. And mm-hmm. I think when you were talking right now, I just realized like what I'm best at is the sales, the mastering the sales call. So if yeah. I could actually like reach out to photographers and say like, I will actually help you like personally with your sales call Mm -hmm. like that's it like my one woo factor thing and then like literally like have me and my husband like on the call with them and like critiquing Mm -hmm. them um I think I could charge big money for that because I'm making them a lot more money so thank you for (laughs) oh you're welcome yeah I think um doing a few like in my membership I have a mock consultation call where it's yeah Uh yeah so being able to like let them watch it in action and yes. then also have like some practicing and like coaching that uh-huh. goes along with it. I mean, I think that could be, yeah, With I think that sounds like something that like you really enjoy. That's where your passion would lie. Yes. That's where you're like, this is how I can show up and help others. Yeah. And what it is my passion. My, yeah. And I think what's probably happening is like you're diluting your offerings to where like you're not sure about them, so other people aren't yes, sure about them exactly. either. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so interesting. Thank you for making that clear to me. You're you're yeah. definitely a coach at heart. Oh, thank <laughs> you, thank you. I enjoy it. I love it. Okay, take us away with tip number three. Okay, so as I mentioned in tip number one, I don't think there's that like checkbox. I have conquered imposter syndrome, but I do think there are some actionable tips, some book recommendations that have really helped me and things that I try to uh, focus on that are going to help me like move out of that space in my mind. So when I think about like actual tips that I would love to share with your listeners of like moving past this and um, overcoming moments of imposter syndrome, but not overcoming it as a whole is when you start to hear that negative voice, that voice that is like, oh, you're not good enough. This person has a better course. This is, I don't know if I should continue down this path. Just acknowledge it. Okay. And just say like, hey, I hear you, but I'm going to ask you to like stop right now and find a way to like move past where that's coming from. Is it, is it, does it come up? In moments of like you're scrolling on social media, does it come up mm-hmm, because you're mm-hmm. listening to someone else's podcast? Like, where are those moments coming from? And that to me is a sign that, like, I have, like, there have been other um, accounts on Instagram that I find myself like feeling bad about myself for. So I lovingly unfollow those people because it's just not serving me. Like, it's nothing, it's just making me go to a place that I don't want to go. So that is one thing. Um, I would do – I think my thing was going on the phone right in the morning. mm -hmm. It kind of like made me feel – Starts your day. Yeah, Yeah. like comparing myself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I have two more tips. um, Okay, go for it. This one. One is um, I read this in a book and I want to give credit to the author. So I read a book called The Imposter Cure by Dr. Jessamy Hibbert. And this is one of my book recommendations. Okay. But I listened to it on Audible, and she's got a lovely accent. Um, (laughs) But she said something that one of the things to think about when it comes to imposter syndrome is imagine if you were to go back to your 18-year-old self right now and tell your 18-year-old self about 
what you're doing. Like think about Carissa, what you're doing. Like you are a mom of two. You have built a successful photography business. You are an entrepreneur of however many years. And now like you are in the midst of like us coming out of a pandemic, you have been building a whole other division of your business. Like if you said all of those things to your 18 year old self, Mm -hmm, like like, think about Uh I think about like what my 18-year-old self would be like. It would be like, what? She has a what's a podcast? One is um <laughs> That's so sad. and like balancing, like being able to provide for my family and um help other entrepreneurs build their business. Like that's the kind of that moment of like, hey, you kind of are a badass, even if you oh, get in yeah. your head otherwise. You are a freaking badass, and I am too. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Speaking of badass, that's another one of my book recommendations. So I had three. One was um, The Imposter Cure, which uh-huh. I mentioned. One was, um, yes, You Are a Badass by Jen yeah. Sincero. I love that book. And then um, the other th- one that I love is um, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. I'm yeah. A big uh-huh. Brene Brown fan. Oh. Yeah. Thank you for um, those. Okay, yes, do our, our last tip and we'll do go into rapid fire questions. Okay. I want to okay. get to know more about you. These are all okay. so good. Last question or last tip on uh, working through those feelings of imposter syndrome. And this came from um, my friend, Lindsay Lucas, who uh, I had on the Weddings for Real podcast, but we talked about this a little bit. And she said something to me back before I launched the membership that I still go to this place when I need it. And it is, imagine that future client on their couch that you are meant to serve. So whether that is the couple that needs you as a photographer, not you, Carissa, because you're getting getting out of that, <laughs> um, or the photographer that is trying to build their business that can't, like they keep kind of not nailing it on their sales call and they're struggling through it, or like they want they know that they have a passion for this business, but they're just not quite sure like how to bring in clients and how to understand what the value is or speak that to um their potential couples. So just imagine like they're out there, they're 100 percent out there and they need you. Like they they need the exact way that you are going to help them grow. But if you are focused on, oh, I'm not good enough, I don't know if I'm meant Mm -hmm. to do this, or this person is better than me, you're not able to show up and like put that energy out in the world for them. So just imagine that person. Like there's someone out there right now, Carissa, that like could really, really, really benefit from the way that you would help them. And the only way that they can reach you is by you like showing up and being in the universe, putting out what you're supposed to be putting out. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to recap real fast. So number one, um, no one has it all. So mm-hmm. we're always going to go through this no matter what, like in our business, five, 10, 15 years from now. So um, we just kind of have to cope with it. Um, number two, don't waste your time on worrying because it could be used to be amazing. Yes. Number three, um, that negative voice in your head, like how do we get rid of it? Like what makes you negative? Like is it a toxic friend? Is it scrolling mm-hmm. through Instagram? Is it people you follow on social media that are not so positive? Um, and number four is um, being proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. And then tip number five is just someone, you know, 
less experienced than us, like younger than us, like they really need us. So we have to show up for them and we can't be, you know, getting in our own heads because, um, you know, when I'm coaching, they ask like the simplest questions and you, I get kind of surprised that that's the questions that they want to know because I've been doing that this for so long. So it just yeah. feels like so natural to me. So it's yeah. interesting. Um, cool. These are all amazing. So I guess I'm going to go into my rapid fire questions, but uh, let's see, Megan, what is your favorite, like get a heck yes sales technique from mm. your dream clients? Yes. So I mentioned this on um, the podcast episode, but I like to lead on a sales call with a question of like, especially from a planner perspective, I like to say, so what's keeping you up at night when it comes to your mm. wedding? And for planners, that's just like such a gate opener mm. of the pain points that the clients are feeling. And as soon as I hear that pain point, whether it is time, whether it is budget, whether it is overwhelm, whether it is family dynamics, once I hear that pain point, I know I've got them because I know <laughs> It sounds yeah, so like I've girl. got them, but it's oh like I know God. how to so speak good. to that. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I never heard that one. That is freaking life-changing. Yeah. Oh, my God. I want to tattoo my head like pain point. Like that's all I've been hearing <laughs> for the point. past couple yes. years. Yes. <laughs> okay. What's your tip for me? You're a mom of three girls. I'm a mom of two girls. Tip parenting tip for girls, girl mom. Oh, man. I love that question. Um. Okay. So I started this thing with my oldest daughter when she was five years old. She's nine now. And this is not an original tip. I got it from someone else, but I created a space for her where like, if she wants to have a conversation or she wants to ask like an uncomfortable question, or she just like has something like she wants to ask me about her body or whatever, we do something where like she can invite me to come sit on her bed or we can go sit on my bed. And that is a safe space where she can ask something. She knows I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to get, she doesn't have to be embarrassed. And um, we're just starting to have like, now that she's nine, like the conversations are like getting a little bit more interesting. Mm. Um, But I did that early on because I want when she's 15, 16, 18, I still want to have that tradition where like she knows that I'm her source of safe information and she can come to me for that. Oh, I love that. Is there something that you call it? Your bed talk. Yeah, we call <laughs> it bed talks. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I listened to a podcast that really helped me. Like me and my daughter call it connection time. So even if it's for like two minutes or like two yes. seconds, we're like connection. And we like oh, look each other so in the cute. eye. And she How knows old she's are your like, girls? She's um, Piper is four and then Callie is one. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah that's... Piper is like an old soul. So she's very like sensitive. and That's really sweet. I love yeah. that. I know it, it helps a lot instead of like, you know, sometimes I'm so busy, like I don't even get to look at her face until like I'm going to bed. I know. I, <laughs> so know. I have those moments too. Okay. Um, let's see. Favorite thing you love about your husband? Mm. Oh my gosh. Uh, honestly, a lot of things. We've been married 11 years. We've been through like three children, him leaving a job, me building a business, all the things. I think just like I know, I know he's got me. Like I know that Aww, he uh-huh. he will help me through the hard parts. And we saw a lot of those last year with the girls being home and us both being entrepreneurs. But just like he has my best interest. He will cheerlead me on. And he's that person, gosh, with someone that struggles with imposter syndrome, he's that person that is like, what are you – 
you're amazing. Like, why do you not understand that? Like he's, he's, he is so great at that. Oh, that's so nice. I think in marriage, like loyalty is the most Mm -hmm. important thing. Yeah. Like knowing they're going to be there, like no matter what. That's Through so- the rough days and yes. the valleys and everything. Yes, because we need them with kiddos. Yeah. Um, you could ask me a question since you're a podcaster. Mm-hmm. Let's <laughs> see. What should I ask you? Uh, okay. What is the – gosh, I would love to have thought of this because I, I have so many like questions all the time. Um, here's my signature question that I ask just for fun. This one's not deep. Yours are wonderful. Um if you could eat one food for all your meals for 30 days straight, what would you eat? Rice is life. Rice is life. <laughs> what kind of rice? Just like white rice? I mean, fried rice. But even my, my DJ friend, he makes fun of me because we were at TJ Fridays. And I'm like, um, excuse me, do you guys have rice? <laughs> they're like, oh. they're like, now we have uh, loaded Uncle potato yeah. fries. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a total rice girl. Like I'm a carbs girl, true and true. So Ooh, I'm skinny yes. with like the big gut. <laughs> yeah, I say I'm a carbitarian because oh, that's a good so much. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I love this conversation. Tell everyone about more about your podcast, where they can find you, and then also like your Instagram handles. Sure. Yep. So weddings for real. We started back in 2018. It's a podcast for wedding pros. Definitely don't listen to the first 20 episodes because they're total garbage. <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing at that point. Um, <laughs> And we're everywhere you can listen to podcasts, but you can follow us on Instagram at, at weddings for real. And then um, if you happen to be a wedding planner listening to this, my planner membership is called the planner's fault and that's uh, at planner's fault on Instagram. Yeah. And you got a lot of good guests on your podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I know I'll have to have you on too. Oh yeah. Thank you. Well, I love this conversation. Stick around. I'm going to end recording. Bye Megan. Bye. Thanks for joining me this week on Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. Make sure to follow, subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot and post to IG. Tag me. Also, don't forget to download my free guide on how to become a lead generating machine. See you next time, wedding pros.